Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Byers, and today I'm going to be talking about the place of emotions in our soul. And if you have my book, Voices of the Soul, this is um, based in chapter six in that book. And the reason I think it's important to talk about emotions is because often we misunderstand them. We misunderstand their importance, uh, how they operate, what their purpose is, and also it's important because we need healthy and well-ordered emotions. So the origin of our word emotions is from the Latin word emovare, which means to stir, to disturb, to move out, or to move through. So it's this idea of inner movement. Emotions are inner movement, something that stirs or moves us or causes us to be moved. They're like a a living energy of the soul, if you will. But every energy needs to have guidance and banks. So God wants us, he designed us with emotions and he wants us to have healthy emotions expressed well. But we tend to get stuck in one of two ways with our emotions. On the one hand, we can get repressed and very stoic and unmoved in our emotions. Sometimes people will say, well, I'm just unemotional. And what they mean sometimes is, you know, my personality doesn't express a lot of emotion and we all have different personality. But when I talk about this sort of stoic and unmoved, that's an unhealthy way to be. Uh, and on the other hand, we can get overly expressive and dramatic and reactive to everything. So. When we're repressed, we can become ill within. Sometimes our body will become ill, but certainly our soul will become ill in some way if we're repressing our emotions. Uh, they're gonna find a different means of expression and they'll come out somehow. Or we can get stuck in one emotion, like getting stuck in sadness, depression, or getting stuck in anger. Um, on the other hand, if we just passionately express every emotion that we feel, uh, then we're going to be reactive and it's going to come out in an unedited way, which is going to confuse and create some kind of destruction. And we're going to stay in immaturity unless we know how to really manage our own emotions and possess our own soul, as Jesus talks about. So the movement of emotions gives us a sense of being alive and it really gifts us with a lot of intuitive information. Have you ever met someone and you find yourself reacting a little bit like, oh, why do I feel this way around this person? Well, those emotions are telling you something. It's intuitive information. And our emotions do move us and we'll respond with joy or sorrow, elation or disappointment, or any other combination of primary or blended emotions. And so there's been some discussion. What are the primary emotions? So most researchers agree on at least eight primary emotions and they are with, with their polar opposite. And they are anger, anticipation, disgust, fear, joy, sadness, surprise, and trust. And then other researchers add shame, contempt, guilt, and awe. I like that one to add awe. So these core emotions can be combined in a number of ways and blended to derive all sorts of feelings. Um, 
people sadly generally only recognize three emotions as they're feeling them. Sadness, happiness, and anger. Isn't that interesting? We have this wide variety. God's created so richly and beautifully with emotions, and yet we tend to only know when we're happy or sad or angry. So, and then the other thing is we tend to see emotions as negative or positive. Emotions are not negative or positive. Like, you know, we think anger is negative, joy is positive, but they're not. All emotions are appropriate and valid if they have their place and if they're expressed well, but they can get toxic. For instance, anger is a normal response to frustration or to injustice. Uh, but it can be disappropriate um, or inappropriate to a situation. It can motivate us to correct an injustice and address a, a situation, but apart from the grace of the Spirit, it can turn into bitterness or rage or something like that. We can also use anger to protect us, in a sense, protect as in keep us from feeling, vulnerability or shame or grief or fear. I had lunch with someone today and she was talking part of her journey and she said, I felt so angry and I began to cry and I realized I was using my anger as a protection from feeling what I really needed to feel. And I think in our culture particularly, it is permissible for men to feel anger. So a lot of times men feel all these emotions and it just goes directly to anger because it's like the one permissible emotion and you're not supposed to be vulnerable. Fear, uh, when we're aroused with fear, it can really help us take flight or freeze or you know do what we need to do. It can help us escape danger, but it can also descend into a type of chronic anxiety, a mood, a fearful disposition. And you know, it's just like a flashing warning light going on all the time when fear becomes our default. Grief is another emotion we think of as negative, but it's not. It's actually designed by God to be wonderfully cleansing. When we shed tears, they contain uh, these the stress hormones, so we have stress relief. But if we don't grieve well, that can turn into a heaviness of depression um, and these things unprocessed in our soul. So anytime we have these persistent toxic emotions, those are warning signs to us. Something really is amiss. And the beautiful thing is, if we recognize something's amiss, we can simply ask the Holy Spirit, what's going on in me? Is there something unresolved? Is there some trauma? Is there something I need to grieve? Is there something that's demanding relief in my soul? He's designed our souls that way. And we can pay attention to what's going on and ask him. And we don't have to default into some, oh, you know, something's the matter with me that I'm feeling these feelings. We don't have to do that. We don't have to go into shame. All right, the next thing I want to say about emotions is they are not originators. Sometimes we think just, you know, suddenly I feel something, but they're not. They are interior reactions to a stimuli. And the stimuli can either be like, you know, right in front of us, something happening. It can be an internal thought or it can be a memory. Any of these can provoke an emotion. 
So we're responding to a memory or an event or something like that, but emotions aren't the source. They're a response. And often we, we believe them to be originators. So, so it's like this, you know the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat. So a thermometer measures temperature or temperature gradient, shows when the temperature's going up or, or going down, but it doesn't set and regulate the temperature. The thermostat is actually the mechanism that sets and regulates the temperature. And, oh, you know, if you set it at 74 and uh, it goes up to 75, the cool will come on and bring it down to 74. The thermostat is what sets that. The, the uh, thermometer, which is the emotion, simply lets you know what's going on and measures it. Now, we don't ignore the thermometer. We notice when we're getting hot, when we're getting cold, some of those responses, but we recognize that the thermostat is our will. We have a choice what we do with our responses and our reactions. And I don't mean we can control every emotion that comes up. Emotions just will arise, you know? But what we can control is what we do with it and what we think about it and what mood we allow ourselves to get into. So where we allow our responses to go really is the issue. Can we express something in a productive way or are we gonna let it emerge in a way that really can wound ourselves and wound others? So the ability to regulate that thermostat, if you will, is an indicator of our emotional health. How well can I regulate? Uh, and if I have an inability to manage my emotions, that's an indicator of my immaturity, maybe of my wounding, maybe of my unwillingness to take responsibility for my own emotions. So easy to blame someone else. I feel this way because you. No, I feel this way because I feel this way. Uh, and you know, many times our emotion, our, this immaturity is related to mental health diagnoses such as depression and anxiety and substance abuse and low imp impulse control and these sorts of things. So just, I'm just gonna run through a few indicators. There's so many, but a few indicators of our emotional maturity. We can feel, identify, and express our emotions. You would be surprised how many people cannot do that because we didn't learn to do it in childhood. We can set healthy boundaries. We can express our real needs in positive, assertive ways with safe people. We can respond to change and stress with resiliency. Uh, we can feel anger and be assertive and productive. We can live without undue shame. We can deal with our disappointments. We can modulate our heightened emotions as they're getting, you know, where they want to be out of control and we can come back to balance and reasonableness and rational thought. We can grieve well. That means we integrate and accept our losses. We can initiate action instead of being a victim and blaming others. We can show empathy and care for others. We can work to develop effective communication skills. We can take responsibility for our own decisions. And there are so, so many more of these, but just kind of gives you an idea of what emotional maturity does look like. It, bottom line is, I take responsibility for my own emotions, no matter what is happening around me. 
So how do emotions and thoughts come together? What's the confluence there? Because we need to have right thoughts if we're gonna have right emotions. If we have distorted thoughts, they're gonna yield distorted emotions. Um, our thoughts really do feed our emotions. So our responses, our emotional responses are indicators of what we deeply believe because that gets expressed in our thoughts. And if we're immature, we, you know, we just simply give in and we just live in the grip of our own moods. You know, I'm in a bad mood today, so that's how it is. I'll just be in a bad mood all day. That's never what God has called us to, and nor is it what he's equipped us for. He's equipped us to, to do this very differently. So when emotions stir us, that's wonderful, but they're not the true center we live from. We recognize them. They're a part of us, but the true center we live from is our will, right? Um, if we learn to just live out of mere feelings, we're going to find ourselves unstable. We're going to find ourselves, you know, unable to resist temptation and to stand well. We're going to find ourselves confused. And sometimes our emotions are just going to demand to be satisfied and end up controlling us. And feelings are good servants, but they're terrible masters. I want to just mention this too about emotions and faith because sometimes the church or church teachings have overemphasized or underemphasized the place of emotions. So sometimes they've overemphasized the place of emotions. You know, do you feel the Lord? Do you feel the Lord? As if if I feel the Lord, if I have goosebumps, if I then I know He's present. No, this is a walk of faith. I know He's present whether I feel anything or not. And then on the other hand, sometimes the church has underemphasized the place of emotions and just said, you know, live by faith and not by feelings. Well, we know we live by faith, but we also experience the Lord with the fullness of our emotions. So we don't have to repress any of that. We can live in the beauty of our full humanity, fully alive to the Lord, fully recognizing what we're feeling, letting it tell us if something is amiss, and then using the wisdom the Holy Spirit gives us to respond well. All right, so God's placed within us what we need to change, uh, what we need to manage our emotions well, to express them well, not to repress them, but neither to let them run wild and govern us. So this was part one of emotions, and I'm going to do one more. I'm going to do part two of emotions, and I'm going to talk there about our need for objectivity, how our early years shaped our emotional lives, and how our emotions are transformed. So I hope you'll join me then. Thanks for listening.